Future Proof Gold from Newstalk. Now, the two Voyager probes launched by NASA in the late 70s are currently hurtling out of our solar system at a speed of 17 kilometers a second. They are the most distant objects ever launched and are set to journey through the vacuum of space for the next five billion years. Professor Christopher Riley thinks we have an opportunity to update the recordings on the Voyager probes before we lose contact with them in 2023 and alter our message to the stars. Chris, welcome to the program. How are you? Hi, Jonathan. Good good to be here. Thanks. I love the story of the Voyager probes and I love the idea that there is something in space hurtling along that we sent before I was born. Can you uh, give us an overview of, of the Voyagers, what the idea was behind them and what they're doing now? Yes, yeah, so the Voyager spacecraft, there were two of them that were launched from um, Cape Canaveral in Florida in uh, 1977, just a few weeks apart. Their objective was to take advantage of a rare planetary alignment to allow them to fly past all the outer gas giant planets and their moons in one 12-year mission. So that trajectory also coincidentally put them on a slingshot that was going to send them right out of the solar system and into the galaxy beyond. And almost 40 years after they left Earth, that's exactly what's happened to both of them. They're both still hurtling away from us at something like 40,000 kilometers an hour. And they're both around about 20 billion kilometers from Earth. That's about 18 and a half light hours away from us right now, which when you think about it is an extraordinary achievement for the human species to have broken free of our solar system. And on these probes that were first sent out to look at the planets and then who knows what, there's a, a sort of set of messages, a sort of a welcome mat from humanity. Can you tell us a little bit about those and Carl Sagan? Yeah, so it was well known when they were conceived that this was their eventual fate, that they would leave the solar system completely and enter the galaxy beyond, as as it were, and, and become, if you like, these kind of monuments to human exploration floating out there pretty much indefinitely. And so it was an engineer actually on the Voyager mission called John Cassani who um, uh, who approached Carl Sagan and said, look, you know, we did something when the pioneer probes, which were the precursors to Voyager, had been sent out. And, and Carl and his wife at the time had, had created these plaques that went on the sides of those spacecraft. They were just little etchings of drawings of people, a pulsar map of where we are in the galaxy so that uh, it could be established where these probes had come from, perhaps. But it was pretty simple. But with the opportunity to do something similar with Voyager, they wanted to kind of up their game, if you like. And so what one of the team that Carl Sagan worked with came up with, a guy called Frank Drake, famous for the Drake equation, in fact, he suggested, why didn't they create some um, kind of metal LPs, records with grooves in them that they could stick music and greetings, people's words on from languages from all over the world. And even they worked out how to encode photographs onto this record as well. So it's a little sort of snapshot of of human culture and society that's bolted to the side of both of these spacecraft and is traveling through the galaxy and will do for millions of years to come. I think it's a really beautiful idea that we sent into space this sort of message to whomever might in billions of years come across this spacecraft, a little sort of snapshot of what it's like to be human. And there's beautiful sounds on this, some back, some sounds of, of animals, and even Chuck Berry singing Johnny Be Good. Yes, it's an eclectic mix. I mean, <laughs> one of the challenges that Carl Sagan and the others had, they had very little time to actually put all this together, was that they had to create something that was truly represented this deep history of, of human culture and society. So it couldn't just be 
Western music. It had to be something from both a distant time across human history as, as well as geographically. So the, there's Azerbaijani bagpipe music on it. There's a pygmy initiation ceremony. Hmm. And there's music from almost every country and certainly every continent um, that humans live on Earth. And so it was a challenge to represent us because we are quite a diverse species. And it had to reflect and acknowledge that diversity. That was the objective that they came up with and had to deliver so fast during that summer of 77. And so right now, these machines are still flying and we are still in contact, despite the fact that they are so very far away. So our understanding is that they are sort of close to, if not in the edge of our solar system, but we can still communicate with them. How do we do that and how much information can be passed over what length of time? It, it is a breathtaking fact that we can still keep in touch with both of these spacecraft, Jonathan, given how far away they are. So both of them approaching 20 billion kilometers from Earth. And yet, even across that distance, and the fact that their transmitters are very, very weak, something around 20 watts of power. Now, you know, a bright light bulb in your home might be 100 watts. So, so this is a fifth of the power of a light bulb in your home that they're beaming back across this distance to us. By the time those signals reach Earth, they're at the power of about a billionth of a billionth of a watt of strength. And so it's a real testimony to the um, engineering capabilities of NASA's deep space network, this network of big dishes, that we can actually hear them at all. But mm. hear them we can. And there's still five experiments on board both spacecraft that are working, giving us information that we haven't had before about this part of space that's between the stars, the so-called interstellar space. So every moment that we're speaking now, these voyages are hurtling further into new realms that we've never encountered before and sending back what they're discovering. I've heard and talked about this so many times in the past few years, and yet every time I'm blown away by the ingenuity and creativity of it. It's such an incredible project. And right now, there is an opportunity to make a change though, right? Because there is a computer on board and we could theoretically not just receive information, but we could also send information to these two probes. And, that, and that's what you want people to start thinking about. That's right, Jonathan. So, so on board, there are these computers that run through the housekeeping, they run the experiments, they report back to Earth regularly. So there's enough, just about enough memory on those very crude 1970s computers to be able to write a message and place it in the memory there. So what I thought when I was writing a book recently about the Voyagers was that many of the photographs on the Golden Record capture a moment in our history when we were particularly concerned about a couple of things, population growth and global warming, which were just emerging as issues for us in the 1970s. And 40 years on, of course, these are still issues that concern us. Our population has almost doubled since the Voyagers left Earth. And it occurred to me, maybe we should just write a postscript, as it were, hmm. a little message, just a short message, the shorter the better, maybe just a thousand characters, the length of seven tweets, if you like, that would capture what, what's happened on Earth in those 40 years since the Voyagers left. And just to, to leave a message saying they're still in touch with us, we've succeeded in them leaving the solar system, and, and our society during that time has changed a bit as well. Now, the reason it can only be a short message is that at the distances we've been talking about, we can only send them a message at about 40 bits per second. So the bit rate, the bandwidth, if you like, is pretty tiny. 
So NASA's deep space network that would send this message is very much in use. They use it to talk to all of the current missions that are flying at the moment. And so you can't hog it for a few days, sending up a long set of messages to Voyager. You need to send it in one hit. So a thousand characters, you could get up to Voyager in about three minutes of transmission time. Wow. And that's where I think an idea like this might succeed and might appeal to NASA. The question is, what do you say? <laughs> and in my book, I've written a suggestion about what we might want to say in a thousand characters. But I'm not arrogant enough to think that that should be the message that goes. So we're building a Facebook app to allow anybody to send us their suggestion of, of a thousand characters that they like to send to Voyager as a sort of final message to be carried to the stars. And we'll submit all of these to NASA as it sits there collecting suggestions over the coming years. And then in my head, what I kind of think they should do perhaps is, is to choose one of them that represents someone in the human race that just suggested something to say and maybe silently upload that. Don't tell anybody, but just pick one of those messages and send it up there. And um, it's there forever. So you've written what you think should go in this message yourself, Chris. And I think before people listen to it, they should probably hear uh, the original message that went out on the Voyager. This is the Secretary General of the UN at the time, Kurt Waldheim. As the Secretary General of the United Nations, an organization of 147 member states who represent almost all of the human inhabitants of the planet Earth, I send greetings on behalf of the people of our planet. We step out of our solar system into the universe seeking only peace and friendship, to teach if we are called upon, to be taught if we are fortunate. We know full well that our planet and all its inhabitants are but a small part of this immense universe that surrounds us, and it is with humility and hope that we take this step. That's quite beautiful and inspiring, I think. And there's no hidden message about white power or anything. There. I mean, Kurt Waldheim actually turned out to be a Nazi spy, which people only found out after the Voyagers left. I'm not sure he would be given the voice of the human race uh, if people had known that. Uh, but Chris, you have a message that we could use to update the people who find this message to let them know what's been going on since Voyager launched. So do you want to read that first now? Sure. So this my message in a thousand characters. That's the limit. So... More than 40 years after leaving Earth, this spacecraft named Voyager had broken into interstellar space, 20 billion kilometers from its home planet, and was still powered and collecting useful data on its new environment. During this time, our society back on Earth had changed significantly, its population doubling to over 7 billion, and the environmental pressures of overcrowding and the challenges of living sustainably and peacefully together had grown more urgent. Our technologies had become increasingly digital over these decades, raising our computing capability to push the frontiers of our knowledge faster and accelerating our development as a single interconnected global civilization with all the advantages and problems that this brings. With onboard power dwindling, the uploading of this message is one of the last contacts we will have with this spacecraft. We hope that one day, in finding our Voyager, you will know of our existence and our desire, like yours, to explore and better understand this universe we have shared with you. With peace and hope from the people of planet Earth, December 2023. 
I like it, Chris. I like it a lot. There's hope that you have some epic language there at the end. I think it's a beautiful message. Well, thank you very much. I mean, the paragraphs just try and encapsulate, you know, how society has changed for us in those four decades or so. The fact that we're also we're struggling with seven, almost seven billion people now on Earth, that the pressures of overcrowding and living sustainably and peacefully together that grow more urgent and our increasingly interconnected world, which is if you think about it, you know, the World Wide Web wasn't around at all when the Voyagers left. And this interconnectedness brings benefits and challenges to it as well. And so that's my sentiment. Um, but we're throwing the, um, the task open to, the, to, to everyone to, to see what they'd like to say as well. Um, you didn't mention Kim or Kanye. <laughs> There's like no mention at all. I'll, I'll leave that to someone else. <laughs> well, it's a really beautiful idea. Um, thank you so much for joining us. Really interesting to speak with you, Professor Chris Riley. Mm-hmm.